0: You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. I brought a little sermon prop with me this morning. I hit it. You never know what's behind these curtains, okay? So it's an hourglass. So when the sand runs out, um, I'm finished preaching. No. <laughs> I, I'm not going to preach that long, but um, the sand has started running. If if I do get past that point, then uh, you'd need to yell at me or do something, or shut my microphone off back there. Anyway, but we're talking about a, this s- s- series entitled "Seasons." There's a time for everything, and we've been looking at the Book of Ecclesiastes. That's kind of hard for even me to say, but it's a book in the Old Testament that was written by a man whose name was Solomon. He was the king of Israel for a period of time, a period of 40 years. He was the son of King David. And so he was known to be a very wise man. He wanted to find out all the the deeper things, the mysteries of life. He was a searcher. He was a seeker. He wanted to know truth. He wanted to experience life. He wanted to know the meaning of of life and all that good stuff. And so... uh, we, we look at the book of Ecclesiastes, and we can put like a subtitle to that, entitled A Search for Purpose, because that was Solomon's quest in the book of Ecclesiastes as he panned those thoughts under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, there in this series, we're going to be addressing, in particular, chapter 3 uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, verses 1 through 8, which address the times and the seasons that we experience in this life. And so we want to share, and our key verse is actually found in Ecclesiastes 3.1, and so if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn there, or you can look behind me on the screen, and we're going to read through this in the English Standard Version, starting at verse 1, which is our key verse for the series, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to read the rest of the verses. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, now Notice the two words, season and time. And we're going to talk about that in the contrast of that today. The Hebrew word for season means a definite time, a definite time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to minister your word. Father, I trust in the Holy Spirit, in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to effectively communicate truth that can help us grow in you. Father, we thank you for helping us to understand the meaning of life, to discover our purpose. Give us insight and understanding from the scriptures that will help us grow. We thank you, Father, that you're at work in each person here today to reveal yourself and to show yourself strong on their behalf. I pray that you have greater access into their lives to do a greater work. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, we want to pick it up in verse 2 in Ecclesiastes 3. and Let's just read through verse 8. It says a time to be born. There's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. That's called harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. Now that may be a difficult subject and we'll be exploring that in this series as well. A time To break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. In verse 5, it goes on to say, A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose a time to keep and a time to cast away verse 7 a time to tear and a time to sow a time to keep silence and a time to speak that's a powerful message right there some people are silent when they should speak and they should speak rather than remain silent does that make sense? a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. Matthew Henry, in his concise commentary, makes this statement about Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and what we just read. He said, to expect unchanging happiness in a changing world must end in disappointment. See, things are changing all the time. And so many people are looking and seeking out happiness, but they're finding disappointment. It's because happiness is an external thing, where joy is an internal thing. And we're not to live life to try to achieve happiness. We are to live life with the joy of God in our heart, which is the fruit of the Spirit, okay? And uh, Barnes uh, notes on the Bible makes this statement about this same uh, passage reading. The rare word translated season means emphatically fitting time, fitting time. That means it's a time fitted for a specific purpose, the right time, the fitted time, okay? And so we want to address some of these things this this morning. I want to make mention, though, last week we talked about the meaning of life and understanding the seasons, of life help us to know the meaning of life. So in this series, that's my intent and our intent is for you to come to better understand the meaning of life because there's a problem in the world, in the culture today, people don't understand the meaning of life, okay? And so discovering the meaning of life is a quest. It really is. Many people are still trying to figure it out, okay? And some maybe have found out and then they, hopefully they'll share with others, okay? But Ecclesiastes 2.17 uh Uh, Solomon makes this statement So I hated life. What is done under the sun was grievous to me for all his vanity and striving after the wind, or striving after the wind. So uh, he was at a place where he hated his life. Maybe you're at that place today where you hate your life. Maybe you know somebody that hates their life. Maybe they talk about it. Or maybe you hate your life, but you're not. Afraid to talk? You're afraid to talk about it, or you're not willing to admit it. Well, either way, this is a, a problem. It's problematic in our culture. People hate their life. Now, the question is: Do you want to love your life? And I would say most people, yes, I want to love my life. You know, I want to life love living this life to its fullest. Okay, and so uh, something I thought after last week's message. I thought the scripture came to me afterwards. Oh, it would have been like the icing on the cake, but you're getting it a week later, okay? Is that okay? At least you're getting it, you know? And so I'm going to take a moment and just share that. It's found in First Peter 3, 10 and 11. This is the clue. This is the key. This is the revelation for those who want to love their life. I want to love my life. How about you, okay? So First Peter 3, 10 and 11 says, whoever desires to love life, and see good days. Okay, that's me. I raised my hand. You raise your hand on that one? First part of that. (laughs) Whoever desires to love life and see good days, this is the tough part now. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Okay, now you need to explore that. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. You need to really study that out because to uh, speak evil isn't just speaking about evil things. It's speaking contrary to the truth of the word. Speaking contrary to what God said about you. Tearing yourself down. Speaking negatively over you and others. The Lord spoke to me at one time in prayer. This was about a year and a half ago. He said, never say anything about yourself that I haven't said about you. Well, that convicted me because I would be pretty down on myself. I could get be pretty negative about what I would say about myself. And then a statement that followed that the Lord put on my heart was, and don't say anything about others that I wouldn't say about them. And so we realize that when we speak things contrary to the word, we're essentially speaking evil. And, and so, uh, and then it goes on to say, uh, keep his lips from speaking deceit. In other words, don't be deceitful, don't lie, be truthful and honest Verse 11, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue In other words, go after that peace, the peace of God, because that's what brings contentment and fulfillment, the peace of God. Without the peace of God, we're left struggling and frustrated and disappointed and, and just striving in life. And, and wh- whether you love life or not, it's determined by what you speak, okay? Because your words govern your destiny, In life, more than you realize. I don't have the scripture up here, but in Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37, Jesus is speaking, and he said, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Verse 37, this is really the clincher. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. So that means you better start lining up your words with his words. Because you won't love life until you do, okay? And so discovering the true meaning of life is possible through a right relationship with God and a right and proper connection with his word. And I want you to be among those who love life. I want refuge to be known as a people who love life, okay? And uh, see, that's attractive. That draws people in to connect them to the one that we serve and love. His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so today's message, and the title of this message for part two is There Is a Time. There is a time. There's a time that we started the service, 10 o'clock. There's a time. And it's an appointed time. And we, I have to tell this, add another extra minute to, let's see how we're doing there. Okay, we're doing good. Doing good. Okay. And... um. This was like back in 1985. I I think Chris will remember this. You know, we had just moved into the original building on this site. And so we would start at that time, service started at 9.30. Okay? Or maybe it was 9 o'clock. We kept changing it over the years. Anyway, it was time to start service, and there were people that were kind of not here. So I said, well, let's delay the starting time. And so over a course of about three months, we kept delaying service time until one time somebody came up to me and said, Pastor, it's 20 after. We still haven't started service. And then they said this, and, and people can speak into my life. said, you know, I thought we were a ministry of integrity. If we say we start at this time, then we should start at that time. And man, I got convicted. So the next week, we started right on time. And people came in late, and because because see, when we started delaying the service, then people started delaying the arrival time, you know, just kind of went suit with that. And so uh, then it turned out that we sat on time, and, you know, there were people missing. And they came in, wow, what happened? And I just said, okay, from this point on, we're starting at the appointed time. And if you're not here, you're going to miss something. So, recommendation, just get here or get here early. And so, amen. All right. That, that was free. Don't charge me for that one. <laughs> okay, so timing is everything. See, you probably heard this phrase before. How many of you heard that phrase before? Timing is everything. Whether it's athletics, whether it's mechanics, whether it's uh, just so much around, involves around Timing. The difference between a good joke and a bad joke is a person's sense of timing. Yeah. I've been off a few times there. Cars have a timing belt, right? When the timing is off, the car won't run, okay? And In my day, it was the distributor cap. If the distributor cap was turned a little bit off, the timing was off, and the car wouldn't run, okay? Now we have these timing belts. And, and if there if something's wrong with the timing belt, the car won't run. Why? Because the timing is off okay Um, music to sound good must have right timing that's why we have the best drummers here they they keep timing for the rest of timing gets off and things go south fast okay and so timing is important in the musicians life and world and so forth Um, did you miss today's sunrise how many of you were up to see the sunrise one, two, a couple of people. All right. That's awesome. 5.15. That was the sunrise in central Wisconsin, Stevens Point, for this morning. 5.15. So if you were up at 5.15 and happen to look outside towards the east, it wasn't cloudy, was it? Maybe, I don't know. I wasn't up at that time. Well, I was up. <laughs> Maybe I was. No, I was still in bed. I was sleeping at 5.15, okay? Yeah. And I didn't get up till 6.12. That's when I got up. 6-12, say, why 6-12? Because that's when I woke up and looked at the clock. It was six twelve. okay? <laughs> anyway. So, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Solomon tells us that life is really a matter of timing. Timing is everything. What time is it? You need to know the time. Uh, there are times and seasons, and they're related to each other. You know, I, I had this guy at work. He was always asking me, what time is it? What time is it? And I'm thinking, why don't you get a watch? You know, then, then, you, then you'll know you won't have to ask everybody. So the next time somebody asks you what time it is, say, get a watch. You know. <laughs> but now, you know, technology has made it wonderful. All you have to do is look at your phone. Up, 1052. Oh, my gosh, I don't have much time left. Okay. See, a season, when we look at a season, The season is a time characterized by a particular circumstance. It's a suitable or natural time or occasion when you look at a season. In nature, we have four seasons, at least in Wisconsin. Um, or some, some of you might have reduced it to two. Um, summer and winter, yeah. And the summer is lot smaller, okay. Anyway, at least this year. Uh, a season determines activity, temperature, weather, what we do, what we wear, what we eat. Because things are in season, some things are out of season, you know, so it determines a lot of what we experience in life. Seasons come and seasons go, and the common occurrence encountered is change. So, change is what's the toughest on us, change is what's the hardest on us. Because when a season changes, we have to change with that season. How many of you? Uh, yeah, you didn't come in your parkas this morning. You didn't come in your sweaters and your hats and your gloves, your, your boots. Why? Because it's, it's warm. It's a little cooler today than yesterday or the last week. But, you know, you, you dress according to the season, right? Uh, most of you do and, and should anyway. And so now a point, first point, if I don't get to any other points, then write this down, okay? Because I might not get to all my points this morning. But the first point is make the best use of your time. Make the best use of your time. Now, that's a challenge to you. And I want you to hear this from my heart. And I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. We're going to explore this from the Apostle Paul's vantage point of what he was speaking in addressing this issue about time and seasons. Ephesians 5, verse 15, it says, Look carefully, then, how you walk. Now this is talking about your lifestyle, not just how you walk across the room. Okay, this is talking about how you live out your life. It's your walk, and 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 so forth. Okay, and so look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. So the exhortation of the Apostle Paul is, you need to act wisely. Okay, because I've done a lot of foolish things in my life. Have you, man? I've done foolish things that I I'm. You know, I think, how could I have been so stupid? And so the exhortation is to, to walk wise. Verse 16, making the best use of the time. Making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. This is my challenge to you. We need to determine to make the best use of our time. Because we only have a fixed amount of time on this earth. God knows the time that we're going to leave this earth. We know the time we came into this world. God only knows the time that we leave this world. And between the time that we arrive and the time that we depart, it's a fixed time. And in that space, you and I need to determine to make the best use of that time, however long or however short it is. Okay? All right? You with me? King James Version uh, in this verse states redeeming the time. Redeeming, in other words, purchasing back, getting the most out of it. Redeeming our time is tapping into the value of every minute because we're so prone to waste time. And I include myself, I waste way too much time doing things that have really no value or lasting value. Now Paul actually... Paul, oh, I like God's word translation. It says redeeming the season. When it talks about redeeming the time or make the best use of your time, redeeming the season. There's a season that we need to redeem or purchase back or get a hold of. Paul describes our time here on earth as a series of opportunities. There are missed opportunities. I want to explain to you the two Greek words for time. Chronos and kairos. And I may not be pronouncing that right as I looked at different uh, websites. It's pronounced a little bit differently. I think it depends what part of the world you're from. But chronos and kairos, or kairos, both mean time, but they imply different things. Uh, Chronos refers to minutes and seconds from which we get our English word chronological. Okay? It refers to time as a measurable resource, such as this. This is an hourglass, and as the sand falls through, by the time the last grain falls through, one hour should elapse. Now, ask me if I would like the job of, of figuring out how many grains of sand to put in this thing. And then to, to seal it in, in, a vacu- or in a tube like that. Uh, that would not be the job I would want to apply for, okay? But somebody did that, and I'm thankful for it. Because there was a time, there was a time that this was the way time was measured, through the hourglass, before we had wrist watches and clocks on the wall and all that stuff. So it's one measurement and tool that was created to help us measure time, okay? So uh, in Strong's dictionary, the Greek dictionary uh, defines time as the chronos word time, Viewed in sequence, something that's viewed in sequence, a succession of moments, time and duration in the physical space world. It's actually used 54 times in the New Testament, referring to a specific amount of time, such as a day or an hour. So it's specific in that regard. Now, kairos or kairos is an appointed time. It's the right or opportune moment in time, okay? Uh, or do season. Strong's concordance defines it as season. The word kairos was an ancient Greek word meaning opportunity, season, or fitting time. It's a fitting time to do this. This is the right time to do this. The Bible uses the word kairos 86 times in the New Testament. The word often includes the idea of an opportunity. Or a suitable time for action to take place. When we seize the day, we're taking advantage of the kairos or kairos given to us. Kairos is related to the Greek word kera, which actually means head. And so kairos is a time when things come to a head, requiring decisive action. Have things ever come to a head where you just had to make a decision? Where you just had to act? You just have to do something? You know, I think of of, of people that work in high-risk kind of situations. Um, if they're, uh, you know, at the scene of an accident, the paramedics, they're there. They have to act quickly and decisively in that moment in order to save that life and make a difference between life or death, okay? Okay. Um, Kairos is the word used for time in Ephesians 5.16, which we just read. It's also translated opportunity in some translations. So you cannot harvest grain before it's time or you you will destroy the crop. You have a window of opportunity to harvest the grain or you'll lose that crop. Okay? So there's that opportune time. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today because so many of us are living in a, a chronos perspective or outlook rather than a Kairos one. See, we tend to think of our time in a chronos mindset. We think of having 24 hours a day. What can I fit and squeeze into this 24-hour period of time? We have seven days a week, 365 days a year. We have a list of things that we want to do And we don't always get it done, right? Because something else uh, interrupts that schedule. So having merely a chronos mindset can cause us to miss what Paul is saying in Ephesians 5. Paul instructs us to redeem the kairos or kairos. To redeem the opportunity in the midst of that time. In the sequence of time. There's an opportunity for us that we don't want to miss. So we need to pay attention and take advantage, uh, advantage of the opportunity, the opportune times and the seasons that are upon us. Realize each day is an opportunity. Today is an opportunity for you. What opportunity awaits you today? You need to ask yourself that question. You had the opportunity to come to this gathering this morning. Thank God you did, because you're going, you're going to benefit from being here this morning. You seized this opportunity to gather together with us as a body at refuge, to receive from the word of God, to be encouraged, to be inspired so that you can go out and fulfill the calling of God in your life, okay? We need a keros perspective. Keros is the appointed time in the purpose of God. It's the time when God acts. See, we only have a brief opportunity to raise our kids. You know, we just graduated our youngest daughter, Mackenzie, who's up here singing, She's going to be going off to Australia, uh, attending Hillsong uh, Bible College. And I'm thinking, where did those years go by? And, you know, the only regret I have is, you know, and and we spent, you know, a good amount of time with our kids, but it wasn't enough because they grew up so fast. And, you know, the only two-year-old, the only two once, okay? And then they're going to be three. You know, sometimes people say, well, uh, when they turn 15, then uh, you can have them and send them back then. You know, then I don't have to deal with all this. But no, it's dealing with all the runny noses, the messes, the, you know, all the challenges of raising kids. But those are precious moments. But they go by so quickly and before we know it. They're graduating. They're walking across the stage and receiving their diploma. And then, you know, mom and dad are, you know, shedding a few tears, you know. Um, hey, yeah, we better get off that. So it's, it's changing our mindset because there's keros opportunities before us. We're stewards of time. We're stewards of time. This requires for us to make a mental shift. Instead of looking at our time as grains of sand slipping through the hourglass, we view our times as opportunities flying by. In, instead of viewing our time as seconds ticking by, we realize that not every second holds the same worth, the same value. Isn't that true? Some moments are more valuable than other moments. The five minutes that I have a chance to share the gospel with someone, with an unsaved friend, is more valuable than five minutes that I'm checking my email. You know, I have to take advantage of my opportunities and I have to pause sometimes or be interrupted when there's an opportunity that I could miss or that could be let slip by or go by. See, the wise steward of time senses are attuned to recognize the opportunity. I want you to be trained to recognize the opportunities because when you do, then you won't miss as many of those opportunities. There's missed opportunities. Every second carries with it potential and opportunity. Some opportunities are more valuable than others and some of our time will present us with unique and worthwhile opportunities. God's timing. Uh, I had a whole other section, but you only get one point today. I'm, I'm going to save that for another time. Another time, okay? You're going hear a lot about time. Um, but God's timing in relationships, it could be the right person, but the wrong time. I want to share a story with you in closing. A number of years ago, Uh, we were on a mission trip in another country. And on this mission trip, a young man came up to me. During a time, we were worshiping God. The The mission team was there, and we were with some of the nationals, just worshiping God, praising God, just in God's presence. This young man comes up to me, and he said, Pastor, man, I need to talk to you. And I said, yeah, go ahead. He said, God showed me something about this young girl that's on this trip with us, that she's supposed to be my wife. And then in my mind, I'm calculating. This girl's old, she's about 15, 15. And this young man is 19. And I said, we have to talk. (laughs) And uh, just don't do anything with this now. But when we get back to the States... Uh, we'll sit down. We'll have a little talk, okay? And he said, okay. <laughs> so, um, see, we got back home. We had this conversation. And said, you know, just explaining the, just the practical sense of things. Okay, there's a four-year age gap, and it's because she's a minor. You're an adult. Okay, uh, you can't say anything to her. Uh, just kind of leave this alone. And you need, if this is something God's given to you, it won't go away. And, but you need to be prepared to wait. Okay? And of course, uh, this young man seemed to be eager and in agreement with all that. And so he received his pastor's counsel. That doesn't always happen. Um, but life took them on different paths. But what God showed that man never left him. And this young girl never knew the conversation that young man and I had that day in the meeting, the subsequent meeting that followed. The opportunity came years later when that young lady was 20 years old, and that vision and that word that came to that young man had never left him. Now that man, six years later, is marrying my daughter this fall. Yeah. And, but there's a timing. And when he first came to me with that, I said, "No, it's not the right time. Okay. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to protect my daughter, you know. Hands off. I, I have a gun somewhere in the house. Yeah. Anyway, it seems like God is making you wait. That may be your statement. Then be prepared to receive more than what you asked for. Because the wait is worth the wait. It really is. If you feel like you've been waiting forever, remember that God's perfect blessings also come in his perfect timing. Timing. The work God does within us while we wait is just as important as whatever we are waiting for because he's changing us. He's building character. A delay is not denial. Just because you don't have the answer that you prayed for yesterday doesn't mean God's denied your request. God's timing is forever accurate. Believe it, trust it, and allow it. As we bring this to a close, I want to share just a couple of scriptures. Hebrews 6.15, you've heard the story of Abraham. He and Sarah could not conceive, and they were believing. They prayed for a child, and God promised them a child. From the time of the promise, it was 25 years. In the scripture in Hebrews 6.15, says, And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. God answered that prayer. The right timing came. In John 13.7, Jesus answered his Disciples, He's talking to his disciples. He said, what I'm doing, you you do not understand now, but afterwards you will. Some of you are in that place right now. What God is doing in your life, you don't understand it right now, but you will in time. But trust him. Trust him. That's John 13, 7. And then Galatians 4, 4 says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. You see, he sent his son, and I want to conclude the service with this. He sent his son for you and for me to redeem us from sin, to to purchase our salvation so that we could know him, so that we could be delivered from not only sin, but its controlling bondage in our life. The opportunity is now. Don't be so focused on wondering what the future holds for you that you miss the opportunity that is right before you. And the opportunity I'm talking about is to present to you an opportunity to make you peace with God. Now, you might say, oh, I've already done that. Well, I'm not talking to you then, but maybe there's someone here who hasn't. Or maybe there's someone here who has, but they need to renew that commitment to Jesus. There's an opportunity to receive Jesus here today. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I don't know that my life is right with God. I don't know that if I were to die that I'd even go to heaven. There's uncertainty. I know I'm a sinner. I I have a need in my life and I just can't stop sinning. I'm, I'm plagued with this whole sense of life is meaningless and I hate my life. Well, Jesus is the answer because he declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so you can encounter Jesus here this day and experience his love and receive his forgiveness. And you might say, how does that happen? It simply happens by you opening your heart to him and inviting him into your life. It's confessing his lordship, as the scripture says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, the scripture says, we shall be saved. You shall be saved. Salvation comes when we acknowledge and believe in Jesus, his resurrection from the dead, and when we confess him as the Lord of our life, making that declaration, I am giving my heart, my life to you. Let's stand together. We're going to pray this prayer together. A little bit later, we're going to have a prayer team come up here, and some of you are in a point of decision because of a timing situation. Maybe you feel you've missed opportunities. Maybe there's an opportunity before you, and you just need to get God's wisdom on it, his confirmation, his directive on it, his peace on it, okay? But for those of you that have never really totally surrendered and given your heart to Jesus, I want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm ready to give my heart and my life to you. I don't want to live another day without surrendering to you as my Lord, as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead to give me life. I believe that in my heart. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus as Lord. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I receive you now. Forgive me of my sins. And make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer sincerely, right now something's transpiring in your heart. Jesus is washing away your sins. He's giving you his very life, his nature, his peace. He is beginning to transform you from the inside out because the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things become new. God is about making things new, renewing us healing us, delivering us, setting us free, taking the the fear, taking the pain, the anguish, the loss, the addictions. He's about taking all that away and giving us His life in its place. Joy and peace and all the good stuff that He has to offer. And I want to pray a prayer for those that are struggling with timing, those that want to know opportunities and how to seize those opportunities and not let them slip them by. Father, we just pray for everyone in this place. Father, give them a greater sense, Father, with a mindset of Kairos as they look to seek the opportunity in the moment, the opportunities that are here right now, the opportunities that will come next week so that we won't miss what you have for us. We thank you for this season in the life of these people, that you have work, that you're moving by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearefuge.net.